0: So woe unto you, rich! Part six uh, to continue the series. Uh, the first I wanted to ask the question: Do you truly serve the Almighty Father and Messiah? And you know, while that uh, may sound you know uh, you know kind of obvious for people, um, that you know people assume you know they quickly want to respond yes to this question. Uh, but I, but again, do you truly? Serve the Creator of all things, uh, or you know, are we are we too busy uh, serving our flesh, you know, serving ourselves uh, and stuff? So I wanted to get into uh, first uh, you know, Philippians three. And we'll go to uh, verses uh, starting at verse 17 through 21 here. Let me just kind of read all this. Uh, so. 17, so join in imitating me, this is is Apostle Paul talking, Uh, join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us, for I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction, their God is their stomach or belly, their glory is in their shame and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. And so I wanted to focus uh, on this a little bit. Uh, There's a couple of key things here. So first off, when he says imitate me, uh, so you know here's the, here's an apostle, a well-respected apostle, that had uh, had seen the risen Messiah, and that's uh, you know ultimately, obviously, what converted him in the Book of Acts. And so he's saying, you know, call, you know, imitate him, and you know it's funny when you know when you when you're in the flesh and you read scriptures, and I remember you know over the years. You read stuff like, you know, pray without ceasing. And with the flesh, you kind of, the flesh kind of bulks at that kind of statement. It's just like, yeah, right, how's that possible, you know? Yeah, there's a statements like this that come up throughout Scripture, you know, even the what this whole discussion's about, about, you know, selling all your possessions. You know, things like that seems uh, absurd to the flesh. It seems ridiculous, which is why it's so easy to just brush it aside and try to ignore it and try to make excuses and things. And so this is, this is a battle that we have within ourselves and to fight this. So but understand the apostles, you know, they had direct you know, knowledge to, you know, actual experiencing Messiah and all the miracles uh, you know, and, and all the words that he spoke, which came straight from the Father. And, and here, the, you know, the early church, they, they also had the apostles as the perfect example, you know, they're the, the next perfect example, you could say. Outside of Messiah, so, uh, and then there was also miracles done in their day as well, uh, probably to many of the people that were converted, uh, you know, probably a big portion of them, you that or they saw saw miracles, they 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 saw it and they heard prophecies, they had dreams and visions and you know healings and all these all these amazing things going on, and yet, as we see here, people still turned away from the faith, you know, uh, pursuing what, uh, basically pursuing, you know, their own desires. Uh, and he says here that their god is their stomach or belly. Okay, some translations say belly. Their god is their stomach uh, and stuff. So, so obviously, uh, they uh, they're pursuing uh, you know food in this sense. But uh, obviously, in order to get food, you need what you know money. So um, you know ultimately, uh, what he's saying here is that they're they're. You know, they're, you know, they're pursuing the things of the world, just in general, they're pursuing worldly things, you know, carnal things. And then, I mean, but what's interesting here is that for the world we think it's, you know, no big deal, uh, go you know, all this uh, about, you know, go make a profit and this and that. It seems fine to the world, it's, it's no big deal. But here he says, their end is destruction, okay? And so that's very strong language. To say someone that you know, but here's somebody that um, you know they were, you know they they, they were given the gospel, uh, they, were, they had a they had a, a, chance to convert. Maybe to some extent they did convert. Uh, and this kind of uh, goes back to the parable of the seed, uh, that um, you know the enemy comes in and steals it from them if they're not watchful. Uh, then their last aid is, is often worse than the first, but. So we could see the, uh, the you know the danger of this, and I was really uh, really like verse twenty. It was talking about our citizenship is in heaven, and I think in this day and age, with all these you know different uh, rivaling like governments and and talk of war and, and things like that, and uh, there's even uh, some people talk about multiple citizenship and and it just this kind of all this kind of talk, you know. It's very interesting when I read that. I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty. That's that's a good point. That you know, do we have the mentality that our citizenship is 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 ultimately with Messiah in heaven? Like, you know, that's that's our our citizenship is in heaven, not on earth. It's not, you know, uh, you know. Obviously, you may still have citizenship here somewhere, but that's a secondary. You know, that's kind of your secondary citizenship that you were kind of born into, probably for most people. You know and stuff, so uh, but our first citizenship should and must be the heavenly one, okay? So let's definitely keep that in mind here and stuff. So, um, so just some interesting things on that. Uh, so, who do we truly serve? Are we serving the world? Are we serving our flesh, uh, our fleshly desires in terms of uh, you know, uh, greed and uh, possessions and, and uh, food and those kind of things uh, and stuff? Let's keep that in mind. And then uh, the I wanted to also um, talk about the you know world and, and money and I had a thought the other night about the um, you know this this push for for constant money and, and just that the desire of greed and how uh, just a thought that you know man this um, you know it, it's such a brutal taskmaster master, right like a such a, a, a brutal. You know, I kind of think of like Egypt in terms of, you know, having the people, the whips, you know, whipping people and and they're, you know, slaving to death. Um, And, you know, that's kind of how, I mean, I don't know, I kind of look at it like the, and when it talks about the wages of sin, you know, is is death in Romans 6, it's kind of the same idea. Um, Think about it that we're basically people are just working themselves to death. For what? For worldly gain? For money? For possessions? And what? Uh, what? Uh, what? A horrible wages uh, to receive, you know. That you know during your fleshly life, you're receiving weight. You know money. Uh, that's you know, you know if you're not if you're not careful, it's just going to become uh, your your god, and lead to your ultimate demise and destruction and loss of your soul. So. Again, money is a brutal taskmaster uh, that you know will you know whip you and um, you know leave you desolate at the end of the day. And uh, so, just that mentality. And then also, I wanted to look at in, in terms of idols. I wanted to look at uh, Colossians chapter three, verse five in particular. And let's see, I've got it right here. Um, yeah. So, th- so therefore to death your members, which are on the earth, whoring, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and greed of gain, which is idolatry. So right here we see that, you know, scripture clearly says that greed is idolatry, okay? And of course, again, the flesh will try to justify, you know, nobody, like I've mentioned in the series, no one thinks they're rich, and then no one also along with that No one thinks they're greedy, right? There's there's uh, there's kind of a blind spot there. We we try to you know no one's no one's rich and no one's greedy in their own eyes, okay? So that makes a real problem and stuff. So, and then in thinking about this, I had a thought last night too, that you know know, men want to to use God and uh, you know and, and Messiah. They want to really use that as just a garnish, or almost like a condiment. It's like a you know like a mustard or mayonnaise or something. They you know uh, like a you know uh, you know they want to just so that the meat of what their religion or their belief is the meat of the religion is you know pursuit of money, okay? Typically, uh, whatever idol it is. Fill in the blank, but greed and, and money is, is a big one. And so the meat of their belief is their idol. Okay, and then they want to put a little garnish on there, a little parsley. That's, that's the Messiah, that's God. Is just a little garnish on top to cover the real desire beneath. Um, but everyone can see it plainly. It's obvious. The, the big piece of meat, that big piece of steak in their plate is obvious. But they want to put a little garnish, a little scripture here and there, just to kind of make it look make it look pleasant, make it look pleasing to the world. Uh, you know, they're, So they're trying to be on both sides uh, of this. Um, but, you know, but they will have no stake in it at the end of the day uh, because you cannot hide the the meat, the underlying real belief that they have. The true faith they have is in the stake and the true desire they have is in the stake. That's why it says you cannot serve two gods. You cannot serve two masters and stuff. So um, that was just like an interesting metaphor that, I, that kind of hit me last night and stuff. So, um, and then... I wanted to. Uh, you know, Scripture talks about counting the cost. Okay, and um, you know, it's, it's true. I you know, emphasize to count the cost. I mean, you know, uh, you know, do you know? Is it is it, uh, is it worth is it worth the cost? Is it worth sacrificing the all these you know fleshly desires in order for the chance to obtain the you know immortality uh, to you know shine like the sun? You know, is it worth? Uh, You know, and also being close with you know the love, love of the Father, and being close to God, and uh, and Messiah, and being able to be a part of that, you know, uh, you know, I I decided long ago it was worth it, uh, back when I first started reading the Bible. But you know, I think we have to kind of we do have to weigh the cost out, and we have to continue to pursue that. And you know, I and I was thinking too. I mean, how I just kind of wonder like, how terrible uh, on the judgment day. For all the people that are being condemned, and I just kind of wonder, you know, uh, you know, are they gonna, you know, are they gonna be looking back and thinking, "You're telling me all I had to do was give up, you know, give up that, you know, that career that you know that I love so much. All I had to do was give up that, you know, give up that company and follow him. Uh, that's all I had to do." And I, you know, I just kind of wonder if it's gonna look so minimal. You know, uh, it's going to be kind of the opposite of now. People think it's so hard to let go of, just like the poor, the the rich man that refused to give up all his possessions and follow Messiah. It seems like such a big burden now, but what about in the last day? Uh, What's that going to look like? You know, when there's all eternity in front of you, and people are going into damnation, it probably won't look so big then. You know, to to people, then all of a sudden it's going to be, it's going to look like. What did I do? That was stupid. And all of their all of their acts, okay, all of their wages that they've earned uh, is is all going to be a witness against them. It's going to say, yeah, I mean, they're you know all their wages that they've earned uh, that they've been, you know it's just proof. It will be used against them that they you know, this is all proof. Kind of similar to um, you know the you know, talking about the other day about. That they're you know they're you know, fattening themselves up as, as in a day of slaughter okay it means you're you're fattening yourself up you know for slaughter that you know the your sin is, is within you it's already there it's already judging you you've already been judged by your sin you're uh, you know you're fattening yourself up for slaughter okay it's the same idea that these people they know they die they think it's gonna be righteous or, or it's gonna be awesome to die wealthy and leave an inheritance to their for their family. How much better to leave an inheritance of eternal life to your to your to your children, to your family? How much better is that? Uh, so so you leave your child, what, millions of dollars and then you're awaiting the damnation, right? And you're you know, you're you're waiting in utter darkness. Uh, in Sheol, you're awaiting the lake of fire, and you're going to regret all of that. And now, you're, now, you're, now, your nagar's children are more likely to end up in end up in sin and trouble and, and greed, because you just you just handed them down all this money, and so that's their and their heart is going to be just like that rich man, that yeah the young rich guy in scripture, just like that. It's going to be very hard for them to pull away from that and be saved, you know. Uh, and we kind of see that parable Messiah talks about. Lazarus and the rich man and he begs them to go you know go to go to his family and tell them you know well there's there's Torah and the prophets they can they can go back and read that too Um, but you know the rich man knows they're probably doomed because of all the things he did you know and even uh, in the uh, I I mentioned too about the uh, the you know the, the rich man that was like you know that's like basically that was his father's inheritance you know that like this is all his, all his, you know, so he knows he'd be forsaken by his family and, his, you know, and stuff. If he were to turn away and give up all of his possessions, you know, his family would have been irate. They would have been really mad, you know. Um, and, of course, there's greed there as well. It's like, well, we're going to give it to the poor. Why don't you just come and give me back my money that I gave you? You know, that you could see there would be a lot of, you know, outrage and family uh, issues there that would arise and stuff. So, but, yeah, so it's just, uh, that's something to... Kind of ponder as well, and you know. So I think the ultimate thing is, though, is is you know what to do. And in, um, in this you know series, my focus is on you know submitting. You know, we have to submit. We ultimately have to submit to the Almighty on this in humbleness. We have to come humbly before the throne, and in the name of 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 you know, Yahushua Hamashiach or uh, whatever name you want to use, but. The, uh, you know, some say Jesus, some say Yeshua, but the, uh, you know, but just coming to the throne in, in full submission, and, you know, we have, to, we have to work on submission of the body in general, submitting the body, and that includes, you know, foods and things like that, and, that, and then fasting is a very important key there, is fasting. So submission of the body, submission of the tongue, Okay, bridling the tongue, as it's talked about, and that's, you know, that's no easy task. Uh, but, with, you know, again, with prayer and stuff and practice, you know, it can be done. Um, and also, I would say on this, is even I've kind of learned, is um, this, you know, a lot of this is like in, in what you're watching, what you're being a part of. You know, when, uh, when you're heavily in the scripture and you're like, you're in you know, praise and worship and prayer, and uh, fasting, all these things like that, the you know, you're less likely to do stuff. Even like just curse words kind of go away and stuff. So um, just keep that you know that keep that in mind. That a lot of these things will just kind of fall away naturally. You know, especially if you're not watching Hollywood uh, type of stuff that has a lot of cuss words. And now the, even with like the little TikTok things or uh, Instagram or whatever. These little videos if you're not careful there's a lot of violence uh, that's even on things that seems innocent um, a lot of they trickle in a lot of humor and things are funny but you end up laughing at people getting hurt you're laughing at you know just you know silly things but you know it's, and it's a lot of time wasting in there as well so now there's some good with it i mean there's also some scripture ones and things like that that can be rewarding and things but again you know if we're focused on the worldly. Then uh, that's those things are going to take hold of your heart, and it's more likely you're going to do the things of the world, and and that's you know and that's when the, the world, you know, it, it doesn't care. It basically uh, loves stuff like curse words. That's why you see a lot of comedians uh, use a lot of cuss words, and they get a lot of laughs out of that by you know saying a joke, and then they just adding a cuss word just makes it even better for the world, you know, and stuff. And then uh, all the violence and and. In games and uh, you know the you know the fighting competitions and uh, the UFC stuff and those kind of things there's just a lot of violence and blood and and um, you know you think about like a lot of the movies is like you know there's obviously horror is really bad um, you know a lot of demonic stuff these days um, in the horror side of it but uh, but you think about it, almost most of the movies there's there's some level of violence uh, fornication adultery um, idolatry uh, there was even a while back. Um, you know, I kind of got on my daughter was watching a like a Christmas thing and I don't, we don't do, I'll, I'll just do some gifts, but we don't do like Christmas trees, um, uh, which is forbidden uh, in scripture, but the, uh, the, you know, basically pagans did the, you know, did Christmas trees and, uh, and stuff, but the, um, I think that's Isaiah 40, if I'm not mistaken, but they would, uh, but you're not supposed to, you know, you don't, you don't do stuff like that. And, bring a tree into your house and all this kind of stuff and garnish it with with stuff. and You know, that's idolatry. But at the end of this movie, they were, they had this massive, you know, Christmas tree outside. And here they are, the, the whole audience is like surrounded. I think it had Tim Allen was like, I think he was saying, I don't remember the name of the movie, but, you know, and they're all surrounding this big Christmas tree and they're all singing, oh, Christmas tree, blah, blah, blah. You know, you probably know the song. And I, you know, I saw this, uh, I kind of walked in at the very end of the movie, and I told uh, my youngest daughter, she's like, I don't know, she was like six or something at the time, and uh, I said, no, we don't do that, that's idolatry, you know, they're they're worshiping that tree, we don't do that in this house, you know, uh, and stuff, so she we, we ended up turning it off, but you see, that's how deceptive the enemy is, uh, that there, even the flesh itself is very deceptive, because most people don't you know, won't even think of idolatry in that scenario, but, you know, but what is it if you're, everyone's surrounding something, an object, and they're all worshiping this thing, and even in the song it says, oh, Christmas tree, that's idolatry, plain and simple, it's idolatry. So, purge your hearts, you evil sinners, <laughs> of, of idolatry in these things, and pray for discernment in these last days, because uh, things are, can be very, very deceptive out there, okay, so, but definitely pray. I talked about submitting uh, the body, the tongue. Uh, also, uh, you know, anger is one, just your emotions and things like that. You know, pray for submission and be able to control anger and stuff because the enemy can use that. The Bible talks about you know, anger or talks about wrath. Uh, we've read some scriptures in this series about that as well. So controlling wrath and anger and uh, being slow, you know, uh, slow to speak. Okay, uh, you know, quick to listen, slow to speak. You know that kind of stuff, and then, and um, you know, and just make sure you're as you pray about this stuff. You know, we can get better control over our emotions and our and our anger, and not not lash out at things. You know, and even, and that includes even things like just you know stubbing your toe. I mean, that's something I've had to work on, is too, is just sometimes you something happens, you're like, ow, you know. And I've kind of got to where, um, if you're not careful, a cuss word comes out. You know, uh, in in that process, if you're not careful. And, and I've had to work on that as a way, even on my own to where, you know, it's where I'm like, okay, I can, I can say ouch or wow, this, or, you know, I have a couple of terms I've tried to kind of use uh, instead and, um, and stuff. So I've been doing a lot better in that uh, area so far. So, um, but every now and then I might slip up and I got to remind myself, I got to rebuke it, um, you know, in the name of Messiah, rebuke that and uh, correct it, you know, and what's a better term to use. You know that's something that wouldn't people around me. If I did that in a, a holy congregation, people would not look at me like, you know, uh, you know, what are you in <laughs> the world? Like, you know, uh, I wouldn't be embarrassed uh, before everyone. So, and then, uh, then ultimately, getting our thoughts under submission is going to is is the ultimate challenge here. Uh, getting your thoughts under submission uh, to where any type of this is where Messiah talks about. The uh, you know even if you lust after a woman in your own heart, then uh, you've already committed adultery, right? And so, um, you know that and that kind of stuff can be very challenging, uh, especially for men. Uh, I'm not sure women may not have quite the same thing, but um, it might be slightly different for uh, for, for women, but. Um, It's probably other things, you know, probably that competitiveness with uh, other women, you know, wearing clothes and things like that. There's there's like a high level of competition among women about, you know, kind of that vanity uh, aspect. You know, so if they're not careful, then they can become, you know, their their appearance can become their own God if they're not, if women aren't careful and stuff. So, um, but definitely some things there to kind of think about. And then also just spiritual guidance, I would say. And I was, you know, I, I so I had make it, made a list uh, a, while, a few weeks back and I realized, I was like, you know, the world, um, you know, you always hear in the world, you always hear about, you know, setting goals, right? Setting goals for yourself, you know, whether it's in business or whether it's, you know, at a job or, you know, just, just anything in general, you hear this concept of, you know, set some goals for your life, you're gonna see better progress. Well, and it kind of dawned on me a few weeks back, I was like, like how, come, how come I don't have spiritual goals? Like, you know, and it just made, it just like kind of clicked. I was like, you know, I want, I want spiritual goals. I don't want, you know, why am I, you know, why are we we're so, you know, the flesh is so focused on the flesh and all of its wants and desires uh, to appease that, but wh- what about spiritual goals? And so I actually listed up spiritual goals for myself and, you know, and all the ones I just mentioned on submitting the, the, the flesh and plus spiritual guidance is one of them. So I've got like five spiritual goals to work on and I pray about them every day. So I've got them written up on my board. And I pray about them every day and stuff. So, uh, you know, this way, uh, they're right in front of me. Um, It's, uh, you know, then also as I'm reading scripture, you know, I'm more likely to point out between that and this podcast, um, you know, topic, you know, I mean, as I'm reading scripture, things point jump out at me, you know, more like, oh, oh, that's a great scripture to use. Oh, this is great. So, uh, and then then you're able to kind of meditate on that scripture and, and, and ponder it. Uh, in your heart and stuff so and then I wanted to um, talk about also it was interesting I was looking up some videos last night on YouTube and stuff and I was uh, just kind of curious so I was searching on there um, you know about uh, sell all your possessions or something like that and uh, of course there wasn't very many (laughs) there wasn't very many uh, so-called Christian videos I found like one uh, one on there that was pretty good um, uh, uh, guy was preaching but wasn't much, uh, but it was interesting. There was there was even some uh, there was a video on there uh, about a guy that now he wasn't. I don't believe he was a, like a, a born again believer or anything. But um, but there was some that is you know this nomad kind of lifestyle. And you know, it was kind of funny that you know even the world uh, sees benefits in kind of this you know just kind of getting rid. Of, you know basically get everything he needed in, in his backpack. Like he just had a backpack, and he had his whole his whole life was basically. You know, and and this wasn't overnight, but he dwindled down all this stuff, and he made an interesting comment that I I thought was really intriguing. That um, he was saying that the more possessions you have, then the more things that possess you, kind of get that kind of thing. Like it, it might be word for word, but it was kind of like, you know, the more things you have, the more things that have you. And I thought that was really interesting. And like I said, this is even a you know a worldly view this isn't even a a biblical view that he's talking about and even so even the world can acknowledge and respect kind of the idea of a less stressful more nomadic lifestyle if you will and so I thought that was interesting and just kind of wanted to throw that out there uh, for people um, because like I said this topic makes people very very nervous and and, you know makes the flesh very very uh, frustrated now let me be clear though the, the nomadic lifestyle, in general, does not equal salvation. Okay, I'm not saying that by any means. Um, obviously, you know, a person like this, they can be nomadic, but they're, uh, you know, they're still in their sins unless they have, you know, confess those and become a, a true born again believer in Messiah. Then, the, then they would they, they would still ultimately uh, die in their sins. And so, uh, and then there's the. Uh, also, I want to talk about. I've been looking up kind of. Uh, you know, nonprofits and things um, in my local area, uh, just trying to see you know what's going on in terms of the poor, feeding the poor, uh, food banks, you know, just stuff like that. I've been doing some searches on there, and one thing I kind of noticed is, is that you know, there's there's actually quite a bit in my area. There's there's really quite a few different, totally different agencies and stuff like that. Um, you know, but I also noticed that a lot of them are not religious at all, like there's no real, you know, uh, you start clicking on them and there's, um, there's not really, there may not be a religious affiliation, or if they are, it may be, um, you know, or there are some churches that will do like a, you know, like a food deal um, for, for the needy that you can go buy, you can drive up or you can call in you know, ahead of time, I think, and then go up and get some food, like a box of food or whatever, so I think it's just a lot of times just some random stuff. You know, so there's, uh, you know, some of that um, within the the churches, um, a little bit uh, and stuff. But a lot of these agencies, these non-profit agencies that are doing this, you know, again, there's, um, they're not really, it's, it's, you know, it is, a lot of times it's worldly. Now, it's not a bad cause in itself, um, you know, but the, uh, but they're not really teaching any salvation either, you know. So it's kind of, it kind of reminded me of the old saying, you know, teach someone how to fish and they'll you'll feed them, and they'll they'll be fed for life. You know, give them a fish. You know that type of thing, and they're they're fed for the day. Um, you know, uh, just that it was kind of that mentality, though. You know, so this is a very worldly uh, way of helping. And so, but they're not really at the end of the day this this type of thing. If they're just passing out food, you know, uh, you know, what are you? Uh, you know, how much are you really helping? I mean, you're helping a little bit, uh, but you know, there's no, there's no end in sight, right? they just you know it's just a continual loop of like feeding the poor and there's no there's no there's no salvation number one but uh, there's there's also you're not teaching how to fish either so you know, um, I, don't know I just thought that was intriguing to think about and, and you know and then I also felt kinda guilty that the um, you know I think the the church has really failed in this area um, with the, in, in dealing with the poor even though churches try you know even local churches they do a little bit Um, But for the most part you know, uh, you know, they wouldn't need nonprofits. They're rising up uh, To do this and and the sad part is a lot of these nonprofits is you know They I've heard as low as like they estimate that maybe as low as 2% uh, On the dollar donated uh, actually gets to the actual people in need And so that means the company itself is absorbing 98 cents on the dollar That they're absorbing in for you know their CEO salaries and all this other stuff and some of these CEOs make hundreds of thousand dollars a year by the way and so you can see it's kind of a, a corrupted version of what the church what the true church should be doing uh, and stuff but then also with the salvation issue the true church you know should be you know uh, bringing people bringing these you know the poor and believers in taking help and take care of them uh, and stuff and then you know uh, converting them converting a lot of them over. Uh, to Messiah and then in that then they become part of an actual f- a brotherhood and family and um, and stuff and they actually have a have a cause uh, in life you know uh, and stuff if they if they do join the faith and uh, ultimately you know that lifestyle they're no longer quote homeless though if, if they're if they have um, you know believers to, to to be with and brothers and sisters to to live in the faith they're no longer alone. They're no longer, you know, and so now, and that, you know, yeah, they're trusting. They're just trusting in, in the Almighty for perhaps their next meal, their daily bread. Um, but that would be right along with the rest of the church, even the even the ones that were the rich that were humbled, as I talked about in the last uh, series, the last part of this series. So, um, but just some things to think about, and that we, you know, we need to become fishers of men. Uh, you know, to to begin with, uh, just as Messiah spoke about, and stuff. So, but uh, I'll be talking to you soon. I'll probably be having another part to this coming because I already got some more materials to kind of lined up. So, uh, I don't know what when it'll be launched. Maybe tomorrow or so. All right. So be blessed and Messiah. Talk to you later.